Elizabeth Ann Holmes was born on February 3rd, 1984 in Washington, D.C. Her family has quite the reputation as far back as her maternal third-grandfather, Charles Louis Fleischmann, the founder of Fleischmann's East. Her father is Christian Holmes IV, former vice president of the infamous energy company Enron, which was involved in one of the biggest accounting scandals in the world. She schooled in Houston in her formative years, taking an early interest in computer programming and even claims that she sold C++ compliers to Chinese universities. She eventually went to Stanford University where she majored in chemical engineering and worked as a student researcher with the university's School of Engineering. Elizabeth's ambition was always high. She had a strong desire to achieve the impossible. Whether that was influenced by her family's legacy or just a natural drive to do more is uncertain, but she was determined to supersede expectations. In 2002, she developed a patch that was supposed to be able to detect infections in a patient's body state and release the correct dosage of antibiotics to combat the infection. Sound sci-fi-ish? Well, maybe no it doesn't. There are several glucose monitoring patches that work on the market, although their focus is much narrower. But hey, for all we know, Elon Musk's employees are probably working on a do-it-all device in his lab right now. To the professor that she pitched it to at the time, it was straight out of Star Trek and not in a good way. Despite her being advised on the shortcomings of her idea by her more experienced teacher, she filed a patent for the patch in 2003 and dropped out of Stanford University in 2004. Talk about throwing away what doesn't spark joy. Before she left Stanford, however, she founded a company called Realtime Cures. The long and short of the company's function slash mission was to engineer a way to draw blood without the use of needles. This idea later progressed to diagnosing patients with only a drop of blood. Here's where she renamed the company Theranos, a mashup of the words therapy and diagnosis. There's a funny story about the former name of Theranos that is definitely foreshadowing that I tell on the new Scam Kings Patreon. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash scamkingspod to hear it for free. Its flagship product was called the Edison, after the inventor of the incandescent light bulb and gramophone. The cell of the machine was that it could carry out immunoassays, which are tests for the presence of diseases or the body's manufactured defense mechanisms, antigen and antibody respectively, through a singular drop of blood. And boy, were investors sold. Even though what the Theranos was proposing was near impossible, by the end of 2010, they were able to raise over $92 million. In the same year, the company was valued at $1 billion. It wouldn't be until 2014 that the company itself would be introduced to the world. Up until then, they'd been working in the shadows, perfecting their testing. Namely by using the results of third-party testing machines and passing it off as the Edisons. But it didn't matter at the time, because 29-year-old Elizabeth Holmes was one of the youngest billionaires on the planet, with a whopping $4.5 billion according to Forbes magazine the black turtleneck wearing, green juice drinking wonder kid from almost nowhere was taking no prisoners with a single invention, even though she knew nothing about it. When asked during an interview how the Edison worked, she said, and I quote, a chemistry is performed so that a chemical reaction occurs and generates a signal from the chemical interaction with the sample, 
which is translated into result, which is then reviewed by a certified laboratory personnel. End quote. Which, if we're being honest, is technically accurate, because it, much like the answer, made a whole lot of noise without actually doing anything. But it was enough to get Elizabeth several accolades and privileged positions, including a position on Harvard Medical School's Board of Fellows, a cherry on top of the frosted poop cake that was this situation. Unfortunately for Elizabeth, in 2015, the Wall Street Journal caught the stench. Investigative journalists began sniffing around the premises, bagging interviews with whistleblowers and employees alike. They started to discover that everything was not as it seemed and eventually uncovered that Theranos had passed off results from third-party machines as the Edisons. One former employee would later testify that they went as far as picking out results from the Edison that fit their narrative. The NYT exposés were only the beginning of the end for Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos. Partners and investors started pulling out left and right, taking Elizabeth's network with them. But that would be the least of the apostles when it came to issues, as in 2016, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, the agency overseeing U.S. labs, banned homes from operating a blood testing business for the following two years. They also revoked the Rannis' license to operate. Two years later, the company, obviously strapped for cash at this point, folded and was dissolved, leaving Elizabeth Holmes with a net worth of exactly zero. She settled several charges in March of that year based on the accusations of financial fraud to June of $700 million. But on June 18, 2015, she, along with another official of the company, was actually arrested on charges of wire fraud and conspiracy to commit wire fraud. The rest of this experience is a convoluted, crazy mess filled with a lot of privileges that I really do not understand. She was released on bail on the condition that she surrendered her passport and lived that way for the two-year duration of the trial. It went as far as her being able to get married in 2019 and have a child in July of 2021. Throughout the trial, there were revelations from former Theranos employees and actual patients detailing the shortcomings of the machine. One of the most memorable being the testimony of a woman who was having issues conceiving and who had to go through the traumatic experience of a Theranos test, one outside of the Edison that could be purchased over the counter, erroneously telling her that she'd miscarried. Elizabeth's defense worked hard to convince jurors that she was unaware of the fraudulent activity taking place and that she was just trying to develop the world of medicine for the better. Unfortunately for them, the evidence against her was just too overwhelming. On January 4, 2022, Elizabeth Holmes was found guilty of wire fraud. It was a split decision. She faced 11 charges in total. She was found guilty of three charges of wire fraud, found not guilty on four charges in relation to defrauding the public, and there was no consensus from the jury on the remaining three, hence the split judgment on three of the remaining charges. She is scheduled to be sentenced in September of 2022, and God willing, Scam Kings will be here to report the verdict when it happens. Cases like this are why I started this podcast. Yes, it would have been probably more epic and successful to start another murder podcast and highlight more of the gruesomeness of the world. But this is crime too. My humble yet harsh opinion is that Elizabeth Holmes should have been in prison awaiting her sentencing. 
The slap on the wrist treatment of white collar criminals is one of the reasons why it continues to cripple us as a society. Not just financially, but in terms of progression and evolution as well. The Edison's function is an idea that could literally change the world of medicine if someone can legitimately get it to happen. Less blood for more results is never a bad thing. And through her actions, Elizabeth Holmes may have deprived us of a few years of being closer to that reality. After all, her health patch does exist, albeit in another incarnation, totally. And this is what happens with scams. It's never just about the money. It affects so much more. Today, I'm angry for science and progression. And just like you, I certainly hope that justice is served. Anyway, thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Scam Kings. Information for today's episode was sourced from the BBC, the Business Insider, Wikipedia, and The Guardian. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star rating wherever you podcast. Follow us on Twitter, at ScamKingsPod, for tweets about the show and other things. And tell them that Sunday Kushal sent you. Thanks for listening. Take care and bye-bye.